It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. No, he's just singing we're off to see the wizard because that photo just makes me laugh. It's, it's, it literally is like we're all, you know, the Tin Man and the Lion and we're arm in arm and we're <laughs> skipping down the yellow brick road uh, with Follow. Kumbaya. And, right. and just, my God, I don't think I've ever seen Jason that happy. Never. I don't ever. know what we never, told him to get him He's never actually that. been His that. mouth no. is the openest I've ever seen yeah. in my life. It's just like, Director oh. Steve wants to know which one of you is Judy? I think it's McNuggets. Yeah. Judy? Was it Judy? Judy no. Garland. I mean, her name was oh, Dorothy Judy in the Garland, movie. Oh, Judy Garland, the actress. Oh, okay, that's why I was confused. Yeah. I thought it was Dorothy, Dorothy, too. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, you get ready for the first fence rider question? Yes. Yeah, let's do this. So, Jay, you gave me some props for coming up with questions earlier, and I, I don't know if this one's going to show off those props you gave me. <laughs> uh, this was an interesting fence riders this week. But the first one we got was, will Joe Flacco throw over 300 yards for the third straight week? I think I underestimated how much Kool-Aid you guys are all really consuming what out there. Because everybody... Everybody said yes for this Well, one. the proof is in the performance. He's yeah. done it two weeks in a row. Um, and I think the more they go without a running game, the more it becomes a must that he throw the football. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen any signs of life from the running game the last couple of weeks. Here's a fact for you, an absolute fact. Joe Flacco leads the NFL in passing yards per game. That's a fact. It's only been three games. Uh-huh. But that's a fact. Hey. You know, I'm surprised that hey. he would have more than Browning. Well, the reason he has more than Browning is because Browning played in the second half of a game when he first came in. Because remember, uh, Burrow got hurt in the middle of a game. Yeah, yeah. that's right. On the so Monday he played night the second half was. and wasn't good. And I, he didn't even throw that much. I think he had like 70 yards or something. Huh. And then his first start against Pittsburgh, he was okay. He had like 200-something. Since then, he's put up huge numbers. But yeah. it all counts. And Flacco's played three games. He's thrown for like 1,000 yards. Man, I told, That's listen, insane. when That's Joe Flacco absurd. signed, when Joe Flacco signed, he came and he said, uh, you know, G. Bush, man, I got the three bills. Don't don't let them trip. Like, I said, okay. I'll go out there and fist riders, you know, tell them you go throw for three. Yeah. And he did what he was supposed to. And then I doubled down and came back the next week. And I said, oh, no, you thought that was cool. We're going to get that three the next time, too. He he texted me in my mind. He texted me. Um, not in real life, but he just was like, yo, G. Bush, good looking out. Yeah. Uh, you going to ride with me three weeks in a row? I said, I got to. We ain't got a running game. Uh, we, we I'm cool for all the flea flickers and reverses that you want, dog. The good news is uh, Ethan Posick did uh, practice yesterday. Yes, yep. that's very good news. Hopefully, Joel Batonio will practice today. I mean, to get that they, middle back would be huge. That's the core of the line. Yep. The center and the two guards. I mean, the, the tackles are what they are. Yeah. But you found what out what it looked like when you were down to one starter not out of the five. It was not and pretty. Not that they pass protected great, but they did in the fourth quarter. When it mattered. And the they, they the wisely got Joe off his spot. Yeah. And instead of straight drop back, he was doing a lot of the bootleg sprint yep. out stuff, which bought him time to make the touchdown throw to Njoku yeah, and right. other completions. Exactly. No doubt. And um, the the uh, Texans, kind of like the Bears, are better against the run than they are defensively, better against the run yeah. than the pass. So it's another team where it all kind of lines up for him to throw the ball. Pass it a lot. And even with Case Keenum... I don't expect it. I expect the Texans' offense to be, you know, decent. 
He's a pro. He'll yeah. move them. And they still He'll got, make and, plays. And again, Singletary's having a great year in the backfield for them. Mm-hmm. They still got Noah Brown, who's played really well. They got a solid tight end in Dalton Schultz. They could get Nico Collins back. They're not a terrible. Oh, offense. I didn't know that he was even a possibility. To come it's back. possible. I think he's probably not going to play, but it's possible okay. that he's going to come back. All right. Let me ask you guys real quick before we move on to the next one. If I had made it three fifty, would your answers have changed? Because Ooh, yeah, it the might last have. I think I would have went under. Yeah, I, I got him like three oh five. Yeah, I got him like low that. threes too. I got him three twenty six. Still would have been under. Okay, yeah. so would have been right under. Baker right. was the last one to do it for the Browns, so yeah. I was curious. Three twenty five would have probably been the perfect number. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Yeah. Well, Funny I will we remember for the yes, next time yeah, I never want to do fence riders again. Amazing. All right, next one. Will the Browns' defense force three or more turnovers against the Houston's offense? Yeah, that's a definite no for me. No. Yeah. Yeah, you all went with no on this you one got a little as well. Like I said, not my question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, three is a lot. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of. I people. mean, I could maybe be talked into two, but three is like they're just giving it up all over I the mean, field. You you got to think about it. The Browns are team that one of the, the most. They got the most three and outs in the league, and they only give up. They given given up about a hundred less first downs over the total less years. So there's less plays you have, but they've gotten a lot of turn. Remember early in the year, the Browns defense got no turnovers. Yeah, right? since and they went through a stretch five or where six, they, whatever, they've gotten a lot more. They have. If the question had been three or more or zero, what would, and you had to pick one, what would you I go? I would have gone with zero. Zero. That's probably the smart answer, but I would go three and zero because three, three or more. Three is a three lot. Is a bolt. I mean, that means. That I mean, if you get three turnovers, this and the Browns have done that this year and won games. You're done. Yeah. Usually, if you get three turnovers, you're winning by double digits. If you get two turnovers and another team don't turn it over, you're out of here. Yeah, plus two is a bit is is usually a recipe for a win. I wonder when the season's over, we're gonna have to find out this stat. If the Browns will set the record this year for most wins in a season in games where they've lost the turnover margin. Well, early I haven't looked late, lately, but yeah. early on, they were losing game, losing the turnover battle like, left and right, but I winning games. I still think it's like 10 out of 14 yeah, they've they're, lost the battle. And, over, and for the full that year, I think That defies what I think is Just, one of the best predictors yes. for success in football. Plus-minus ratio. Go look at it right now. Call up the best plus-minus and the worst plus-minus. And usually, not always, yeah. the top five plus-minus right. are playoff teams and doing well. And the bottom five are bottom five in the league. And even if you don't do the ratio, the Browns have ha, are averaging over two turnovers a game. I mean, that's a that's crazy. Wow! To have the record they do, I can't imagine there's any team in the history of football. I'd be shocked that have averaged as many turnovers per game as the Browns that have been good. It's rare. I, I, it's got to be very, very rare, rare or non-existent. See, I'm going to be honest. I think the Browns are going to get three on the dot. And I think it's because of two reasons. One, our coverage success rate from NFL Next Gen Stats is insane. Martin Emerson Jr., you can take tag board here, Steve. Martin Emerson has a 67.7 coverage success rate. Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward are tied at 66.7. And against Case Keenum, who Stefanski knows Case Keenum inside and out, I'm going to assume. It's true. I don't see him. I see any ball he's going to have to throw getting picked off immediately. What? So, I, go ahead. That, wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, Let's whoa, just whoa, look at that on. stat for a hold second. On. They have the top three. Three of the three top, of top five. Four. Three of the top four. <laughs> but, but, but look, they're tied for second. They're all oh, that's 66.7. true. It's a three-way tie for second. You're right. So that's they, nuts, you guys. That's crazy. Insanity. That's crazy. That's crazy. Particularly because they're running so much man. Man, that's I mean, that's more opportunity to get beat. And and when you mix that with the ability to bring pressure and the creativity 
in the fact that he puts maximum pressure. I, I, I think uh, um, Chris Sims said this. He's like, I love watching the Browns because the Browns defensively under uh, Jim Schwartz, they don't, they don't do the things other teams do. They'll say, all right, it's first and 10, certain part of the field. Let's run cover three, give them a little cushion. We might think they're going to run the ball. Let's give them four on this play. Yeah. Jim Schwartz don't give you nothing. He don't concede nothing. He's like, just give you four. Let's go play press man coverage, bring somebody, and we think right. we can get you for a four-yard loss. Now it's second and 14. Particularly that, because first down has become more of a passing down than it was before. So when you league. get down first, and, if it's second and 14, second and 12, you're done. Because yeah. they're pass rush. Yeah. They just say, okay, well, you're not going to get And that might be why they lead the league in three and outs. Yeah. I, I mean, think, they're putting teams behind the sticks. That's yeah. hard. I think that whether they have a lot of turnovers, force a lot of turnovers, is going to be based on if the Browns get a big lead in this game and the Texans have to throw, 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 then they could get then the they're in trouble. Yeah. I think they're going to want to run the ball because, like I said, Singletary's played great since he's been their starter. He's been fantastic. And slows the game down. Yeah, I think they're going to want to, you know, that's, that's what they're going to want to do. But, you know, that's easier said than done for the most part. Outside of that, Browns had that, like, three-week stretch where they were struggling against the run. Right. But for the most part, they, like the Bears, they wanted to run, but they couldn't run last week. Yeah, not even the quarterback. Nope. All right, guys, are you ready for the next one? Yeah. So we're going to stick with rushing so, here. So the two questions, clean sweeps. Clean, on both. clean sweeps yeah. on both of them. Okay. We had three with clean sweeps, spoiler alert, I will say. Wow. But this next yes, one was a pretty good questions. split. Will the Browns – what was that? I, I said you asked terrible questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, the sad thing is, is I made them twice. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the first the time was even team, worse. Was it? Yes, it was yeah. worse. <laughs> the first one was worse. Will the Browns as a team have 85 or more rushing yards? This was a pretty clean sweep. Jay, you took yes. I said Mike yes. and G. Bush said yes. And then Earl, Bull, Jason, and Tyvis. What said do you mean that. it was almost a clean sweep? It was half and half. Actually, well, well, I said this one was a good split. Yeah, three to four. I mean, that's, well, that's all it can be. It can't be even yeah, because no, we have can't seven be. people. Uh, <laughs> I, I think yes because I said this Monday. At some point, the Browns are going to have to find a run game. If, if not, that will be the reason for their peril. You can't go into the playoffs against really good teams and saying, we're going to throw it, we're going to throw it all over the place, and that's just the way it is. Tom Brady's Bucks were that team last year. And they couldn't get it done because the defense was just like, okay, Tom, we're not going to give you any passing lanes. Right. We're not worried about stopping the run because you don't even try to run anymore. You've waved the white flag. The worst thing the Browns can do in these last three games is give up on the run. They have got somehow by hook or crook they and if that means they stick with it if you're 22 yards on 11 carries obviously the team is like oh we got to stop that no you have to keep pounding the ball because you've got to establish the run you have to it is the it's to me it's priority number one for this offense moving forward if this offense can become two-dimensional they're their problem in the playoffs so they, I think they're going to work on the run, and I do think they're going to get to 85 yards. Barely. I think they will run a little better as the rest of the season goes, but I don't think it's going to be this week. I think the last game of the season against Cincinnati, the Bengals have lost T.J. Reader. That is devastating for their run defense. And the Bengals weren't a great run defense team. Where are they, them. middle of the road or below? Uh, they're yeah, below, the and without him, they're definitely well below. Yeah, you would think. I think they'll, they'll, they'll amp it up, but I, I think this week – if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I don't see it. Yeah. I, even if they do run it a lot, I don't know that they're going to get to 85 yards the way the offensive line is still banged up. You know, hopefully by at least, you know, hopefully you get, if you get Petonio and Posick back, then maybe... But I wasn't confident yeah. that they were both going to play this week. I'm, I'm banking on both of them playing with my answer. The other thing, yeah. too, is you break one. And I don't even mean break it right. for a whole yeah, run. Yeah, right. Just get like a 21-yard run in there somewhere, yeah. anywhere. Then you and, get and, it. And, you know, that can happen. Now you got 60 yards to get yeah. somewhere yeah. else. I, I think they do it because I, I think there's smoke and mirrors you could do. Um, you know, Goodwin is, is looks like he's back in the mix. Um, you could always jet see sweep. jet sweeps, you know, the, the emergence of the Elijah Moore package without Elijah Moore. <laughs> give, <laughs> give him like give all them packages. Didn't we de facto give those to we did. Goodwin? We did. We did. He just now signed off on them, though. He, yeah. he got a late signature or, you know, or or a long extension of that is the screen game. I think for a while, the last couple of weeks, we haven't run very many screens. And the one screen we did run to Pierre Strong got called back. But There's that doesn't a, count towards this statistic. No, no, but I'm talking about the long handoff. Yeah. To, to me, I, I, that's not part of the question. But what I'm speaking towards, how can they, you know, finagle it if, you know, they can't run the football up front? There's other things you can do, kind of the quick stuff about out, out and about. So, um, but yeah, I think they'll get 85. Like you said, that's a big run. You get 25 yards. You got 60 more to go. Um, and uh, you get more guys back. Only thing I worry about is them holding when you do break a run. Right. That's right, right. painful. Like, to... To well, have it that once last week. Oh, man. That was a really good run. On first down, it yeah. was critical, yeah. and it was it, a big, whole, big call. Just Pierre Strong? Yep. Yep. Had that run? Yes, yeah. it was. Uh, the one thing, too, about the run game, uh, and I know you say that, the, the, that that quick hit, bubble screens and stuff like that, can be an extension of the run game. I don't think that will supplant the run game in the playoffs. Oh, just no, no, because no, no, you're no. clogging the middle, and there, no. there, so many things become more open in the passing game if they have to defend the middle. Yeah. And I don't think you're worried about defending the middle if you're, you know, if you're looking at bubble screens, there's different ways they can stop that. I wonder if, and he, it, this really has never happened with any kind of regularity with the Browns, and it certainly hasn't happened this year. And I don't know what he's got left in him to do this. But I wonder if they gave Kareem Hunt 16 carries. What, what he could do. What would it look like. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just thought, and I know the offensive line didn't do a good job, obviously. I just thought Jerome Ford looked really hesitant last week. And wasn't seeing some Maybe holes. strong. I think strong is a better candidate for those 16 carries. But the only, I, I, I've, I've been high on strong all year, but the only thing I'll say about Hunt is he's got those veteran eyes. Yeah. That yeah. can he, see those yeah. holes. He's going to get, if it's, if it's, under he's three, hard to tackle. If he's under three yards, he's getting, he's getting that three yards. Like yeah. I just, he just is what it is. To me, to read for me, when I look at Jerome Ford, and I know people like, oh, well, they're, they're, you know, nobody could have ran on that. There's times where, you know, we, we, talk, we talk about it in, in football since reading color in the hole. Sometimes when you run in that zone play, when the opposite jersey flashes now, like now, 
he takes another step and a half before he decides that's not where you he can and go. By then, it's too late. It's done. You, and he always gone. ends up going to the sideline and crumpling down after two. You can't have two to three yard losses like that. When you see color in the hole, you have to put your foot down and trust that yeah. that guy is going to stop the play if you don't move back. That's why Nick Chubb is so brilliant. When you watch Nick Chubb, it's like before the before the guy even beats the offensive guard. He already sees what it's looking like. Right. He's like, mm, I'm not going to try that. He cuts it back, and now he has three yards right now. Well, that His is vision. very true. Think of right all the money. runs that he's had that have been lengthy runs that were cutbacks, but cutbacks that he made the decision now. at the earliest possible moment that he had to abort. He did. Went the other way, and that's his signature run to me. Well, I mean, he has the cutback. perfect combination of instincts, vision, power, and power, because he's hard. To, he never gets tackled by the first guy. Never, almost no, never. Takes more than one. But Kareem Hunt also like he can do. He has more of a north-south guy than Ford is. So let's talk about distribution. Yeah. If you're in your perfect game plan, how are you going to carry? Let's say they get 25 carries. Yeah. How are you splitting them up in this game? I would want to see you, – you talked about getting the running game essentially ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, Cremont's not that old. No. I, I'd like to see him get 15 carries and, and and then split the other 10 between Pierre Strong, maybe five and five between him and Ford. I know it's – they're not likely to do it because if they were going to, they might have, but – it's not what they're doing right now is not working. It's not working. Let's no. see what Kareem Hunt can do with more carries. One thing, Bull, that yeah. that I that was jumping out at me yeah. last week was the point of attack is where you win in football. They were getting destroyed on the point of yeah. attack oh, yeah, 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 on yeah. every single yeah, play, yeah, yeah. and that's why I said it, does, it the, the, wouldn't matter if they had Nick Chubb nope. right now. He would be a little bit better, but they were getting so blown off the ball on every single play that the run game had no chance. And I'm with you. I'm hoping that Posick is back. I'm hoping Batonio is healthy. If you get that center three back, I think that becomes the wrecking ball that can open up the run game. Yeah. And I, like you, would like to see either Strong or Hunt. Right. Give somebody else get a, a shot. Get a, get a chance. I would yeah. do 12. Because we got three games to figure this yeah. out. I would do 12, seven, 12 with 12, 12 with Hunt. No, I would go with 12 with Kareem Hunt to see if he got it. I would go with seven with Pierre Strong. All right, and then um, what is six it? For four. Six for four. Okay, and I'm I'm using I'm using four more on the third down plays. Maybe one for Harrison Bryant. Maybe <laughs> I, no, I one for the Marquise one, Goodwin. One, one Marquis Goodwin, maybe one or two. Um, dust off that uh, that. Uh, <laughs> they haven't really done that. <laughs> that Schwartz playbook. That <laughs> yeah, they haven't really yeah. done that with Goodwin. I, no, I would haven't. like to see that. Would be cool to see. I you know because he I gets free. I love the uh, the creativity of the offense last week on the play where they threw the ball back to Flacco mm, or they threw the ball to Flacco. Who, you know, they, they had hunt as the wildcat quarterback uh-huh. right. and then they passed it right away to Flacco who ended up throwing it back to hunt. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. Because he I mean, wouldn't we hadn't seen that wrinkle before. Yeah, he threw like a screen pass to hunt too. It was yeah. All kind of close quarters. Right. And it right. I, I yeah. would like it. We throw DTR in there. I would like to see if, if you got DTR, I put a package in for about five plays. Well, the yeah. fact that they, you know, when they first started putting him in, he was run. It was always run, run. And then last week, he, he threw, threw the ball. So, yeah, so now right. you don't know when he comes in what he's going to do. I'll That's put exactly it, right. I'll give him Keep a whole. guessing. And, and here's the thing, too. The wrinkle might be, look, if you got Flacco, and this might be tricky, Flacco's playing, you put DTR in instead of him coming in for one or two plays. If those one or two plays work, 
get him eight or nine plays and let him finish this series. Yeah, the what series. the hell? Just give it a shot. Now, now they're like, oh, this is a this is a gimmick play. Well, now in that third play, when when he's in the game and he's calling regular plays, yeah. that gives a different dynamic yeah, to it. Does. It does different feel. By the way, before we move on to the next one, I think you guys would appreciate this because it was like when you get you know it feels like people are starting to get excited about the Browns nationally and whatever. I listen to like fantasy football radio because I'm a big dork. And uh, <laughs> so I'm listening to Sirius XM's fantasy football channel to their morning show. And some, they let callers call in and ask questions. And there's one caller was like, yeah, I'm, I'm desperate at quarterback this week. I could use uh, Nick Mullins or blah, blah, blah. Or, or who's that quarterback now for the Browns? And the, and the host goes, Wacko for Flacco. <laughs> you got to start Flacco. There it is, absolutely. I'm starting Flacco in the in one of my – I might be against G. Bush this week. Wow. I can't remember if I have him in this league or my other I league. I think it but. might be the other league. I was doing yeah. some scouting. I don't know. I oh, think yeah, you got yeah, him. Yeah. No, that's right. I got Purdy. Yeah, and, you got uh, you, you got some you got some guys, some heavy hitters. Flacco. I think I am starting Flacco. We'll see. Look we it up. I think see. it's Purdy and Flacco. Not a bad idea to start him. Yeah, I mean, no, I was, we all think he's going to go for 300. So oh, my choices, I think, is Flacco or Sam Howell, and I'm going with Flacco. Wow. Yeah, Hall is taking He's a big fall apart fall here the at the clip. end of the season. Is he even starting? I mean, why wouldn't they go with Brissett? He I, is. He, you got Flacco. Yeah, yeah. I think they were wow. going to go back to Howell, which they shouldn't, but, why? I mean, but I'm going with Joe. Joe Flacco's going to get me to the UCSS championship, hopefully over G. Who Bush. Who knows? G, you've been first or second all, all year, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I was last year, too. I took G. Bush out in the semis last year. I'm trying to do the same this year. Wow. I need to get Deja this. vu all over again. The Listen, other semi is Steve versus uh, Tyvis. We cannot have Steve win. That, that, I mean, that's, that's so, has everybody's rooting against that. No Steve offense, Steve. Really good team. Team. But no, uh, we have to take for this out. next one. All the teams that are left are really good. Um, one thing I wanted to say before we move off of this, uh, we're talking about a diverse playbook. You said, I, I think your quote was, I'm stealing all that. If I yeah. see a play, I'm taking that. Give me that. <laughs> give me that. that. The one play that I want Stefanski <laughs> to steal that I've seen this year that I think is going to become a staple in the NFL, the Chiefs play – that was brought back on the Tony offsides. Ooh. The Kelsey run, and it's, when you look at that play on the All-22, it's like he's a piece of steel, and there are 11 magnets on the field, wow. and they are all converging on Travis Kelsey. Everybody. The line guys had turned around and were chasing him. Mm-hmm. The guys that were covering routes that were deep had left their route and come in, and the one corner that was over here on this receiver, Tony, Immediately, as soon as the ball was thrown, he beelines it. That play works in a vacuum every single that, time. That play is crazy. Tony was by himself. Yeah. Looks oh, yeah. ugly when you screw it up. But <clears throat> well, now yeah. when we've tried plays like that before, we fumble, we bad oh, throw, we gosh. bad pitch because we've stolen a couple of Andy Reid's plays. Yeah, yeah, we have. And I and I always go, huh? It didn't look like that when that, the Chiefs ran. But I, I can see like running that with Amari Cooper and Marquise Goodwin. Yeah. Why not? Or David yeah. Njoku. I mean, you've got to have a super, super. Now, Kelsey was a quarterback at Cincinnati. You've got to have somebody who's cool, calm, and confident. Yeah. Because you know, as well as I do, in the times that you played quarterback in your backup foot, in your backyard football games, it's one thing to say, oh, I can make that throw every time. It's another thing when you got guys running at you. Right. Ah! That, that especially. And so Kelsey's got, like, he literally had to know, I'm going to get crushed. But I've, if I don't make this throw, it could be a turnover right. or a six the other way. Right. So he stops, he gathers himself, makes the perfect throw to Tony, who is in stride. That play's unstoppable. It's, it's, it, when you throw yeah. in that football, you can't think. 
No. It, it's almost like you get hit, hit the ball at third who would base. We, who would we have as the thrower? Jarvis, as the receiver? Jarvis Lane. No, Jarvis Lane. Jarvis is gone. <laughs> I don't know. Like Cooper and Njoku throw? Because I like Harrison the idea of the good win. I like it going to Goodwin, yeah. too, and I like it to Cooper. I don't know if Cooper can throw the football, but it's, yeah. it's a 15-yard throw, 10-yard yeah. throw. Um, what I liked about it was it wasn't the traditional hook and ladder where, you know, the receiver is trailing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard because the defense is already congregating to where you're pitching the ball. I, I what made that. this play pure genius, and I do think we're going to see this a lot in the NFL moving forward, it makes it pure. You're turning it into rugby. It's double, it's, this guy, Tony, <laughs> was all by himself because it, it, the defense was completely right. converging on Travis Kelsey. I, people should use laterals more. Yeah, Laterals are, are a sneaky part of the game. Next, Dave. All right, before we get to this last one, or the last two, I should say, I just want to remind everybody that if you are watching right now, it's the 12 o'clock hour, and you can like and subscribe. It's completely yeah. free, and it helps out the YouTube channel a lot. We usually shoot for about 1,000 likes a show, and you guys always deliver. So we appreciate it. Go we hit that thumbs up, everybody. And don't forget, there are memberships, too, if you do want to spend a little money. And we'll read your Super Chats here towards the end of the show. All right, guys. So the, I'm going to skip the Miles Garrett sack one because we all agreed that he's going to record one. He'll break his streak of a month of no sacks. That was unanimous, right? Yeah, last unanimous one. Okay. But will the Browns or Texans have more sacks? Hmm. So Jay went with the Browns. Earl went with the Browns. Mike went with the Browns. Bull and G also went with the Browns. Jason and Tyvis, who are not here to defend themselves, went with the Texans. Well, they're clearly wrong. <laughs> well, they're they're looking like we have as saying the Browns' offensive line is a problem, but so is the Texans. Their offensive line's a problem too. Now wait a minute. Both? Did you have that right? You had the question was, will Case Keenum throw for two hundred twenty-five yards? No, that's a different one. Oh, I thought no. The, yeah, that's I, the last question. Yeah. Yeah. So is that the breakdown? Is the breakdown the same? Oh, you're no, saying that Jason graphic said that one? Yeah, that graphic said, said, well, Case Keenum uh, threw for 225 yards, and, and that was the breakout. Oh, my apologies on that. But, yeah, it actually is the same breakdown minus Tyvis. So, spoiler so for just, the last question. So, only Jason, then, can you throw the graphic up so we can see it? Only Jason believes that the Texans will have more sacks than the Browns. Yes. No, that's the wrong one. Do, do we have the graphic? That's the only one we have. I'm sorry. Oh, you, so okay. we didn't make I, the other graphic. Okay. Yeah, without Mike, I'm a mess. Jeez. <laughs> that's okay. Everything I said about you at the top of the show, strike it from the record. <laughs> Scratch, it. Scratch it. I actually just got I made it all up. Becker. My promotion got rejected. Is so. Mike's plane in yet? What's happening here? He should be landing soon, and hopefully he doesn't watch this. No, we Anyways. know you're overworked and <laughs> yeah. burdened. Uh, we, we, we forgive the mistake. They, I, it's human. I think – I just think – it could be close. I, I, I mean, it, it really depends, again, the Betonio and Posick play. If they do, yeah. I think the Browns will definitely have more sacks. If they don't, both teams can end up in a I lot of I do think I'll, I'll throw a caveat into that, too. Yeah. There's a lot of qualifiers. I also yeah. think that Miles Garrett – has to be a lot closer to Miles right. Garrett than he was last week. Sure. I still think he's, he's got lingering effects. Look, guys, I think that th- this is not a bold prediction, but I think at the end of the season, it's going to come out that he needs he's going to need surgery. Of I course. just think the injury Probably. was that yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. And I think that him being the Iron Man that he is, knowing that he was in the running for DPOY and knowing that he's got this team closer to where they want to go than they've ever been before, that he said – 75% Miles Garrett is still better than 100% of anybody else we can put out there. So I'm going to grin and bear it. I'm going to gut it out. But I do think at the end of the year, we're going to find out that he's... Because oh, yeah. this, remember, same shoulder and same deal that he was messing with last year. Yeah. So yeah. get it fixed in the offseason and be done with it. Maybe, the, by the way, the reason that uh, Jason and Tyvis, I think it's both of them, 
picked the Texans is because the Browns are probably going to throw the ball a lot more than the Texans are. That's true. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think I don't think the Texans are going to be nearly as pass happy as the right. Browns will be. And the no. Texans have run the ball well, so there you go. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. We're switching it up. Yeah, before we get to Cavs, guys, I do want to remind everybody that we are going to be doing Behind the Glass tonight. It's going to be at 6 o'clock because it's not our normal day. I know the graphic here will say 7. But Mike's back in town. Earl and I are ready to do it. We're going to get it in before Mike goes to basketball. Hopefully this goes better than Fence Riders. But tune into Behind the Glass for all three of us and come hang out tonight at 6 o'clock on the UCSS channel. Very good. Barbershop's at 3 o'clock. I, thought, I almost forgot about that. You got barbershop today? Yeah, man. Three to now, where do you do the bar? Do you do that from here or do you do that from home? I do that from the home. Uh, so you go home and you flip the switch to go live yeah. US, UCSS. Yeah, right. I, I'll be hustling because i got to put a lot of graphics in. So it's hard to go. Uh, you know. And you're directing it yourself. You're calling up the graphics as you're doing the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Look at that, man. It's a renaissance, man. And, I'll have, and my podcast will be out audio version. Might already be out. The uh, video version will be out at 7. My interview with Sean Salisbury previewing the Browns and Texans. I always like Sean. Sean provides, I, I like think, him. really good analysis. He's not afraid to give it a strong opinion. Man, he I will like say him, some yeah. stuff that makes you go, wow, he just said that. He, he really went there. Yep. But he stands by everything yep. he says, and uh, I like his – he's very authoritative with his takes. Yes. Um, all right, so you want to do Cavs, and then we'll bring Bernie in? Yeah, so there's rumors going around, some rumblings in the Twitter sphere that JB is going to be safe and his hot seat pressure is completely going away because of these injuries to Garland. Well, they've also Allen won both. three in a row. And, and they, they, they are winning. winning. There, yeah. there is that. Look and at Mitchell last night. Play I mean, last they night. pulled out a win last night. It's yeah. equivalent to the Browns doing what they've been doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good win. So you're saying that there, there is are some... There's rumors of Donovan Mitchell being traded. Some Somebody from Yahoo put out an article yesterday saying that the the Cavs are not listening. I, none of us have ever heard of this guy, so I don't know if he has any real insight. Right. The, 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 the bottom line is it seems that three teams we've heard, I think Brian Windhorst put this out, the Nets, the Knicks, and the Heat are apparently all trying to get Donovan Mitchell. And I guess the question is, should the Cavs consider trading Donovan Mitchell? The the, the, the the consideration is always this this is why I get I get angry when when you talk about the Cavs the consideration is always there if you have a player on your team I, I these executives are crazy like just look up uh, like at the the way the NBA moves with young superstars in their prime there's always a threat they're going to roll out there's always he didn't sign his contract he doesn't have to. And I think the Cavs and people are, are wondering when is he going to show outwardly that he doesn't want to be there, right? Because usually LeBron or Kyrie, we've been through this quite a few times, they'll give you some inkling by their body language or they'll backdoor channel it and, and leak some stories that they're not happy. Have you seen any of that yet? No. Not, not with Donovan Mitchell. Well, there's been stories leaked. Not, not necessarily that he's not happy, but that he's going to leave. So, so here's the thing. I yeah. that comes. To, he's never going to tell you straight up. I don't want to be right, here. right, right. He's yeah. never going to because he's too savvy, and his father works in an administration somewhere. Like he knows what to say and what not to say. Well, not just somewhere in New York. Yeah, yeah. and he <laughs> understands what you what you should and shouldn't say to keep your your reputation at bay. If if anything, Donovan Mitchell's stock goes up. Because they're going to say, well, look how he carried the Cavs without, without Evan Mobley. Look how they carried the Cavs without Darius Garland. So he, he has the leverage. He never was going to sign that deal. And you have to think about it. 
He got traded from Utah. He got here. He's like, what's the difference between Utah and Cleveland? Am I going to be able to win? Am I, am I, I, we could be a top four seed, but do I have enough here? And the answer is no, he does not have enough. They could go to the playoffs, maybe when a round. But if you're not going to be a championship caliber team, then what? He, he, he's going to at least go to somewhere where he can be the, the, the what he wants. Th- I, I, the weird thing to me is, and I would, you know, listen, I wanted them to trade for him. Obviously, to this point, in terms of team success, the trade hasn't worked out. And if you got blown away with an offer, then I think you'd have to consider sure. it because they're not winning a championship this year. And you'd probably trade him at the end of this year anyway if he's not going to. If you think there's no chance of signing him, uh, you'd have to do it. So I, I think in the end they will cons- I, they should consider it. But the Cavs march to the beat of their own drummer. So I would be surprised if they did. But the funny thing is, if he wants to go to the Knicks, are, I mean the Knicks are a decent team, but are they a championship contender with him? I'm not sure. Are they? Well, I would. My my hesitation to go in with the Knicks is, do you think that? Front office and owner is going to pull it together enough to win a title. Yeah, I mean they haven't been a contender. like it's it's happened here with people still with the organization. They've right. done it now. Granted, LeBron was here. Yeah, but this team knows how to put the pieces in place to get or get the team and LeBron yeah. over the hump. It's now happened they, here. We we saw it. Now the Heat, I, I, get. I wouldn't think that the Nick. I would the totally heat, get I the get, Heat. But if I'm Donovan Mitchell and my name's being mentioned with the Miami Heat, I want to hear more. Yeah, sure. And by the way. All we can do is read tea leaves because Donovan is not going to say, but let's look at what he's told us without saying a word. He didn't sign the extension. Right. At all. He he didn't sign. He wasn't interested. That tells you that he's not all in on being in Cleveland for for the future. If he was, he would have signed it. That's right. And so he told us all we need to know when he said, no, I'm good. I'm not going to sign that yet. I don't need to sign that yet. And, And there's a lot of, Fact to that. He doesn't need to sign it yet. It would be smart to wait. But he could have sent some smoke signals at that time and said, listen, I have every intention of staying in Cleveland and I will sign an extension, but I want to get the most that I can. I want to play this out the right way. And now's not the best time for me strategically to sign it. So I'm going to hold off. He didn't say that. He just said, no, I'm good. And so for me, if I'm in the front office and all I can do is read tea leaves here, he's out. He's gone. So you better start working. and, And I would imagine they are. They're yeah. talking to the Heat. They're talking to the Knicks. They're talking they, for their from their point of view. They don't care where he goes. They just want the maximum return. Well, but a team a team like the Knicks or the Heat are going to give up more because they're going to feel like they can keep him. Probably, yeah. Or a team that doesn't feel like they can keep well, what him. What, when I said that, though, what I'm saying is, well, here's what they're looking at. They're yeah. not looking at you know, oh well, Donovan really wants to go to Miami. No, so no, who cares about that? Who, who, what you got? And the Knicks might be more desperate. And if you're trading for draft picks, I'd. I, I'd rather trade him to the Knicks because the Knicks are more likely to screw, screw it up. up than the Heat are. Yeah, I'm just, I know Donovan is, is a New York guy. His dad is, is in the yeah. front office of the, he's, I think he's the communications Mets. director of the Mets. Uh, I, he has not been shy about his love of New York. Yeah. He's worn Mets hats to Browns games and yeah. Guardians games and all that. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is, the, is doing the right thing for the long-term future of this team. 100%. And if I'm in the front office, the tea leaves that I'm reading is that he is not going to be here. He is not going to be a part. So now you have to look at the guys that you think that will, and we think that's Mobley, Allen, and Garland. Now, whether or not that core three stays together, I don't know. But you need to be thinking now, what pieces do we most need with the three that we have to put us over the top? And... 
that's who you need to go out and make a trade for you, if you can do it. Hey, look, look, man, um, I, I would do this. Uh, I look at the, what the Guardians did and people in the Shohei Otani thing. I'm not waiting, bro. I'm not waiting. All that wait till next year. We can right. no. I'm not waiting. I'm gonna go get me somebody today because the price today is gonna be higher than the price next year. We all know that. Don't fool yourself. Right? Because you, if you trade for Donovan Mitchell now, you get him for two postseason you, runs. You, right. you get him yeah. twice. That's why I think he, that they're probably listening. Right. And they'll probably be going. And, 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 and you can and, and look. I, listen, I ain't saying that that Porter Jr. or uh, Sam Merrill or Imani Bates is gonna come in and give you what he's giving you. But one thing you can do, you could give them the playing time, you could recoup some assets, and you could get somebody back like a Tyler Hero. You could get that back and some picks. Well, you you could get that back, yeah. R.J. Barrett and some other different things that'll help you out. But my thing is, if you keep them as constituted, we know one thing. They're not winning no championship. But my like concern that. is that, you know how Dan Gilbert is, right? Like, is he going to admit they made a mistake in trading for him or – is he going to admit they can't win a championship, or is his pride I mean, going to get in the way? Here's the I, thing, though, Bull, you you're watching. Do you think they can? I don't, but like, I I don't you know. know Dan how, traded Kyrie, like screwed up the Kyrie trade when he was too involved. No, he did. He you did. Know, and, but you know, here's the other part of this equation that we haven't really touched on yet yeah. is, I think the elephant in the room is JB. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And and here's what scares me about this question: they're just willing to sit in the lazy river and meander their way down it with JB. Yeah. He should have been gone last year. We all saw it. We saw it with our own eyes. We saw what happened in the playoffs when the better team got outcoached and we were done with one victory in that series. We right. were out. I think that the answer to this question might be if you're looking at what they're doing with their coach, eh, maybe they're going to be status quo with the player too because – now the thing is, oh well, how do they fire JB now because he's without his two of his three superstars? Easy. Well, <laughs> you and I say that, but yeah. there are whispers coming from the organization that they're going to sit tight now with right. JB it, it, because we, of these injuries. So what we're just going to push the can down the road even further on? And you know, it, we always say it when the when the front office comes to the decision that this ain't it. Perfect example: the kicker with the Browns. Yeah, he isn't the guy. Move on. They swallowed their pride and their ego. They cut him, and they they traded for another kicker who ended up being the guy. They got that one right. But before you can get it right and fix it, you have to acknowledge it's broken. It's not working. You have when when the Cavs traded for Donovan Mitchell, the hope was that Evan Mobley would become a superstar. Yeah, and then you'd have these you'd have the three superstars essentially, and you could win a championship. Well. That obviously Mobley has not gotten any better. No, he's just a you know I don't know he's a nice player. And Bull, but let me ask you special. this, and you can answer too. There, there was some whispers early. Yeah. I mean, we were caught up in the euphoria as much as anyone. Sure, but I had a friend of mine who covers the association say your only problem is making sure that these young flowers get enough water with a huge flower in the room now who's going to suck up all the water. Yeah, and that was a it was an interesting analogy to me because the flower thing is exactly right. They're young. They're blossoming they're growing well if you steal the water from them and you give them to another flower that's already established that one's going to continue to grow and be an oak flower but these two over here need water constantly they're young and I wonder yeah if when the when the organization pivoted and said we're all in on Donovan Mitchell yeah did they stunt the growth of Mobley and Allen yeah, I, I, because I, they have I, not 
moved along the continuum yeah. like we all thought they would. I don't think Allen. I think Allen is what he is. I mean, I don't. I don't. But but well, for Mobley, Mobley though, who was, knows? I mean, talks of you know yeah. him being the unicorn, right? And now and now that he's not, or at least he's not with Donovan Mitchell. Well, it, they're stuck in that medium place where you never want to be in the NBA because you, you, know, start, right. you started to watch these other guys and you're like, hold on, why could Chet Holmgren shoot like that? Hold on. Right. Wim- Wimby takes the ball up and down the court at will. You're like, dang, bro, let's just kind of, just kind of, yeah. uh, uh, or you look at guys like uh, Ben Carroll. You're like, man, Ben Carroll ain't seven foot, but he sure is every bit of 6'10 yeah. doing what he wants to. Big guys can have that skill set. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I, no, there's nothing worse than being a mid-team in the purgatory. NBA. It's purgatory. Like, if you're in a mid-team in, in, the, in Major League Baseball, you can get hot in the playoffs if you make it. Same. Even in football, you could get – and hockey, certainly, not that we've paid that much attention. Well, you ride a hot goalie to the you, cup. You could be an eight seed and go yes, to – you know, In the NBA, when you're mid, you're screwed. Yeah, that's why, that's why. Well. That's why I was asking myself, why was I watching every game last year? Mm. But this year, I can't even force I think, myself. And you've said that, and I've said that, yeah. and I think collectively the three of us have already determined this ain't it. No. We thought it was. We thought it was going to blossom into something that could be – you know, a, a deep playoff run. It didn't materialize last year. They came back status quo this year. They did go out and get some shooter pieces. But when they brought the coach back, and we saw early on that Mobley is still Mobley and Allen right. is still Allen, and there wasn't a lot of growth and development in the offseason, we all kind of collectively checked out. Yeah. And I think a lot of yeah. the fans have too. No so, doubt. All right, we're going to take a, uh, do a read and bring Bernie in, right? Yeah, before we bring Bernie in here, guys, I just want to remind everybody that as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's absolutely no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You guys can do spreads, player props, over-unders, and there's plenty more other than that. You guys can go visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, it's the official partner of the NFL. And as I finish that up, we welcome in Bernie. My man. What's up, Bernie? Good to be with you. Another 300-yard performance from your guy, your favorite quarterback in the NFL, Joe Flacco. Does he have you thinking about a comeback right now? (laughs) No, he has that spot taken. I actually love that it is December 21st. We're sitting here at about 1232. And we're talking about the Cavs and coaching issues and stuff as opposed to the Cleveland Browns and coaching That's issues true. and quarterback. With the Browns are talking about coach of the year and yeah. extensions. Right. right. Yeah, you know what? That is a nice change of pace. Yeah. This is a different Christmas us. season. It is. Right you know, now. when I was a kid, um, and you were a part of this tangentially, I used to, all I wanted for Christmas was Browns gear. That was yeah. it. Yeah. And I want a Bernie Kosar jersey. I want a Kevin Mack jersey. I want, you know, this shirt, that shirt. You guys were recording songs. I wanted the record. I wanted all of it. And then, obviously, I became an adult, and I no longer wanted that stuff for Christmas. But the Browns became horrible. And their merchandising in the month of December went way down because typically that's the best month for a team. Christmas, a lot of, and, and your team's making a playoff push. But I find myself now saying if I was 14 again, I want it all, man. I want the Joe Flacco jersey. I want the Amari Cooper jersey. I want the latest brown hats. And it's it's great that that excitement is back in Cleveland for the month of December because, Burn, 
It's been a long I time. I have it right now. I want that. I'm the 14-year-old now. I'm taking that. I, I don't want to seem like an egotist and say I want the 19 jersey. I want the Joe Flacco 15. Isn't that great? Yes. Isn't that That's Heck amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So what you were really high on his performance after his, his first couple of games. Um, what did you see in this last one? Um, is he adding to Because you said it's kind of like a pyramid. You put this base in, and then you build on it every week. Are they progressing the offense with them? Is the offense progressing um, with the injuries we had last week and this time of the year to end up with a W after the way he threw three picks early in the game? Gary Danielson used to tell me that to be a great quarterback, you have to be able to throw five or six interceptions. I didn't really understand what that meant. And he said, well, because most cowards start throwing checkdowns after two or three. They won't go down the field. They won't throw three or four because they won't even attempt it mm. afterwards. And for Joe Flacco to come into that game and show his experience like that and then just um, almost um, forget that he threw those two or three picks and had the pick six and stuff and almost uh, evaporate from his brain and then to have a fourth quarter like that to, like, like to where the first three quarters never happened. And for him just to put that behind him and come and somehow, some way, that Jimmy Johnson line, and we're 9-5 and five in a game that just about all of us on Sunday afternoon, about quarter after three, thought it was over. Absolutely. I mean, so I, again, it's not optimal how you want to get it in terms of um, offensively performing better, but for our quarterback to show that type of guts and that type of comeback and, and resiliency, courage, yeah. courage, right. courage to throw everything us. you want from a leader heading into January. I mean, I'm even higher this week than I was last week. Guys, wow. you, know, yeah. you know, since the Browns joined the NFL, do you know how many times they have won 12 or more games? Since joining the NFL, not in the AF, AF, yeah, okay. AAFC um, or whatever it is. Is this egotistical to say I did it once, I think? You, 12 and 4. <laughs> One time. Right? It's only been done once <laughs> by this man. Oh he went 12 and 4 God. in 1986. The Browns have never won more than 11 games since joining the NFL, except for that one season. That's crazy. And yeah. they could do it this year with four quarterbacks and a zillion injuries. And I feel great about it. I mean, the way it's You think coming, they can do it? The way it's coming down again right now with. Uh, Again, I don't like to see anybody get hurt. I really want to see C.J. Stroud. I'm really impressed, but I want to see him in two weeks. Yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> not this Sunday. And he's playing amazing. There you so go. Case, there you go. You know, I like Case, again, I love him too, but I mean, you know, playing a backup quarterback again. We got, hopefully, Ethan Postnick's coming back. Yep. The O-line, o- I'm not... Tony will back, hopefully. Yeah, I don't want to be diving on the O-line yeah. like last week. It was tough running the ball. That was yeah. a good yeah. D. That was a good D-line. But again, too... To have CJ possibly not playing and a rookie at least not practicing the last two weeks and then playing against our pass rush. And then even though Aaron Rodgers is cleared to play for him on Thursday night football for the Jets to come here and basically Why would he do that? Basically I mean, in seven days. No, why would he's he look, done. Well he's done, he's but done. I mean yeah. basically in seven days we're gonna be playing the Jets on a holiday yeah. week, short week here. Yeah. So now we're really looking playing at Cincinnati. You don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but absolutely the opportunity to be twelve yeah. and five is right in front of Amazing. us. Amazing. Now well, and for, even for better, the record it would have taken 12. this team 17 games where you did it in six twelve. Well, and four. I, you know, yeah. thanks, you know, even thanks on that. But yeah. I mean more so that just the optimism of how you asked me about how the offense do getting better or foundation getting better last week. Probably not, but the 
the guts and resiliency of Joe Flacco, but the confidence that the team could have going into January, whether it's 12 and 5, 12 and 4, whatever that may be, um, whether it's the best record from a team in history or not, just the, in that locker room, you know, the confidence that they have, the brotherhood that they, that they believe in. I mean, this family that they've created, it's, it's really fun to watch right now. I said Monday, I wish I could have been with Bernie when Flacco threw the ball to Cooper and he tightrope the sideline for the touchdown. We we showed that play. Yeah. I mean, that's and the perfect play. And you got converging corners. Exactly. And it was just, he threaded perfect. the eye of the Most knee. cues, okay, after three picks, and, and a guy who's a pocket quarterback on the run after three picks doesn't even consider attempting that. And his courage and toughness, not only to attempt it, but then to make the perfect throw. What's I'm, the degree of difficulty on that? Oh, throw? the degree of difficulty. It's through the roof. It's windy. It wasn't an optimal day to throw the ball. And then after, you know, after the way the, the first, you know, three quarters went for him to have that belief himself was better than spectacular. Yeah, let me ask you this. You know, you, you, you called your own plays. And right now the Browns, I saw what you saw. Um, they just, they were just. They, they were outmanned up front. They could they couldn't get the, the penetration was was killing them. The momentum um, as a quarterback. Hey, if you don't mind me saying too, outmanned up front. That's not a shot on the O line. No. God bless those guys for stepping in. And again, I don't mean this to be funny, but guys that don't even know their names and stuff. Okay, so now for Joe Flacco, a pocket older quarterback against an outmanned D line and O line. I mean, for him to again to have that resiliency. That just shows the specialness that we, we have right now leading our leading our team. If they can't run the ball, say, say for instance, you know, they have trouble running the ball the next couple of games. It, we've heard people say Joe Flacco is older. We can't count on him to throw. I said maybe us throwing the ball in certain circumstances, in certain situations, is the best opportunity for the Browns to win. To be, get, put the ball in his hands and say, all right, well, what is the game, man? Yeah, and the way a veteran will figure out a poor running game is by manipulating in the play-action pass. And even though the play-action pass may not fool people as much as it did when we ran the ball good, I absolutely love where the checkdowns are placed for a veteran quarterback like Joe Flacco. So. Even though the running game may not be as good, I still think I'm right with you. He could do it, and and in Joe we trust right now, and that is how we're going to be a, a, a make a run in the but playoffs. But at some point, you got to run the ball. Well, we want to. I mean, we want to. But to G. Bush's point, I mean, if we just said this that uh, three or four or five weeks ago that we can't run the ball, but I still feel good about winning the game. Yeah, but I I think that's the difference between some of the teams we've beaten here in the regular season and some of the teams we're going to see in the postseason. Oh, it's different. When oh. you're one-dimensional, particularly in the playoffs, you've got to be able to run, don't you? Oh, yeah, you're in massive trouble. But, I mean, the Browns this whole century haven't made it to the playoffs. So, right <laughs> now, to just get there, okay? And like we had said um, last week and uh, um, two weeks ago, we have been – as unhealthy as we could be the last couple weeks, just odds are we got to get better over the next you few think. weeks in terms of health and wellness, okay? Do yes. my health and wellness, everybody. I can get you a, <laughs> little, a little healthier, okay? <laughs> so that in mid-January, when we got to play the tough guys and the big boys, we're ready to run the ball again, and that play action will be even better then. Bernie, I suggested that maybe it's time to give Kareem Hunt... I... I, I Jerome Ford doesn't seem to 
to hit the holes quick enough. I know there weren't many holes last week. But Kareem Hunt, being a veteran, having a, a probably better field awareness, you know, what do you think? I, I know he's a veteran, but he's not old. Could you give him 12, 14 carries? So I, I, I really like the running back room. I yeah. love how the, the guys have stepped in and played uh, replacing Nick Chubb. Yes is the short answer, okay, to, do a, to play it more. And it's not because I'm down on Ford. It's because of what I just said. I'm so high on a play-action game. I'm so high on Joe Flacco. And when you have a creative kind of guy who understands the offense and how you kind of astutely said, knows where to go. It's almost like my boy Leroy Horde, okay? I cream out there with Joe Flacco. I think in the play-action game and checkdowns and in the passing game with yeah. Coach Stefanski, we'll do some special, be able to do some special things with that. One of the things that I don't know we've talked with you about is the fact that this seems to be Kevin Stefanski's comfort zone offensively. Do, do you do you see that and feel that too? Like this play f- action fake and more of a pocket passer. He seems to be more in a play calling rhythm. Under center too. He Under center. Oh, I, love I, it. I think this is if he could dream it up in a laboratory. I think this is the offense. Kevin feels most comfortable running. Well, Coach, Coach Stefanski, go back to the Minnesota Vikings days. Okay, his kind of mentor is Gary Kubiak. Right. Okay, Gary Kubiak runs this type system and stuff. Joe Flacco spent some time with Gary Kubiak, so he's a little bit versed in that. We, um, you know, I, I'd never put that connection together, but he had. Yeah, yeah so then right. that pieces that kind of relationship together. There's a the respect factor. But I absolutely concur with you in terms of the, this is kind of the sweet spot of their play calling. And I'll look right in the camera for this, for young uh, offensive coordinators out there and for young people putting an offense together. So help me God get under center, like Jay Crawford's talking about. You can't be in the shotgun your whole life like that. So running a ball, play action, being able to do that. Coach Stefanski and Joe Flacco are on point right now with their schemes. And they're going to scheme guys good. And I'm ready for the playoffs for that stuff. I'm getting goosebumps, Liz. The more I listen to you talk, the more optimistic I become about where those two Those two are going to come up with game plans. They'll be ready. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Bernie, this late in the season, everybody, like beyond the guys who are hurt and can't play, everybody's banged up, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you... Are you so motivated by the thought of postseason that that gets you through? How does a player, especially a young player that doesn't have the experience, push themselves through all the minor bumps and bruises to get through the rest of the season? So at this time of the year, and this sounds, God, we're, I'm so blessed. We're talking about the late third quarter, early fourth quarter of my life. It's the holiday season. I want to give back. It's such a great time to give in that. Those young kids better know that this is the greatest gift of their life and nothing in the world matters other than these games. Do they know that? They better know that or they shouldn't be around here long. And we won't play long into the offseason, but if guys think like that. So there's veteran guys, Joe Flacco coming around, this kind of resurgence of a veteran guy, the the Miles Garrett leadership, the leadership of some, I think, the veteran guys are going to make sure that doesn't happen. And then just like myself, I'm an old man and I'm excited, okay, about the playoffs. These guys now, they come to work um, and know that they're, they're going to be playing in the playoffs, that they have a chance to make mm. a difference. Yeah. This isn't just a smokescreen and rhetoric for TV. These guys believe they could win. I sat next to 
the Grant Delpit at the Cavs game last right, yeah, night. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's hurt. God, he had a surgery, you know, six, seven days ago. Is he going to be able to come back for the playoffs? You know, he hopes so. God, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, guy, he's played. He's a pro bowler. He had an yeah. amazing year. I mean, these guys are truly a family, and it goes – you know, goes to those OTAs offseason, going down to West Virginia. These that guys, worked. Yeah, it worked. They care yeah. about each other. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, when you, you talk about that that feeling, you know, it's weird. Like, you, you, you mentioned that. I remember in high school playing in, in just state championships, and it's, it's Thanksgiving and Christmas and all states coming out, and you know how it is at, at Youngstown. You're looking yeah. around who you're going to play. You're looking at your rankings, and you just feel this, like, you, you feel like you could do anything. How, what, what is the difference in that locker room when you know you are a contender and you, you feel that confidence level yeah, compared gee, to Bush, I mean, just like we're talking about, I mean, look, at I'm, I'm out of this game almost a 30-year anniversary of the Super Bowl, 40-year anniversary of the national championship. In between was all that brown stuff and the massive electricity that's running through my body getting excited for the playoffs and stuff, and I ain't even playing. So for sure, that young kid, that college kid here, ah, it's been too long, the bumps and bruises, and they they may not have the energy and stuff. God, that electricity that goes through them, that adrenaline, kind of that cockiness. Hey, it's cool. I'm, I'm it. I'm the only guy playing, and that, that, I believe that's that type of, um, Energy is absolutely going to galvanize these younger players. You've been a part of so many successful teams. You mentioned Miami, here in Cleveland, then on to Dallas. I'm wondering, what is an intangible characteristic that all of those teams had that you think without it would not have been as successful as they were? And I'm not talking about the talent. Obviously, the talent is, that's the building blocks to it. You've got to have that. But they're, the intangible characteristics, whether it's camaraderie yeah. or what, whatever that is, what is that characteristic that a championship team must have? Yeah, that, that's a great point. It's, and talent has to come with it. But, boy, that just some of the stuff we're talking about, that super heart, that belief, that love for the guy next to you, that family that's been created. Now, they're, this is, in a positive way, this kind of us-against-the-world mentality, this kind of... Nothing else matters but, um, but the team, but winning. And then, you know, even us here, this is a job. It's a profession. Oh, it's a business. You know, now in those teams, when you get to this level, it's not a job to show up on December 22nd. It is not a job to get on the airplane on December 23rd to fly down to Houston to play a football game on Christmas Eve. Most people say, oh, you're... That's, that's, what is it if not a job at that point? Oh, it's your life. You love every privilege. second of it. It's a <laughs> privilege. It's the greatest thing you should strive for. And if you don't recommend, if you don't really realize that this is one of the great moments of your life, you're going to have a downward spiral after this because this is a <laughs> high point that you should really relish and embrace because yep. you do not get these opportunities much in life, and most people don't get these chances. So, God, to be here. And to have these special gifts, they, uh, to have veteran guys also coaching them up, this, this could be special. Bernie, I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, David Njoku has been a guy who's been a decent player in his career. But this year, he's taken it to another level. He is, You're going to make my smiles yeah, and my, my he, I, mean, I think he's a pro bowler. For I, sure. I outside, mean, of, outside of Kelsey, I don't think there's anybody better in the AFC. 
And, I mean, especially the last couple of weeks, he oh. is totally locked in with Flacco. What do you think about how he's playing, especially lately? So, I'm, I am I am not David Njoku's uh, marketing rep, although I should be because I've flat-out been on him um, from the beginning coming here. I have loved him. From, Miami guy. And it isn't just, <laughs> and it isn't just the you, okay, <laughs> but just watching him from in college and his athleticism and then understanding his just love for the game and stuff. And his he is a pro bowler at minimum and probably all pro with with him and, and Travis. And I you guys, you guys know how much I love the Kelsey's and Travis sure. and stuff. Um, two-way blocking what David Njoku is doing in the run game is beyond special and then how to be a dominant pass catching tight end and leadership that's one of the guys absolutely gluing the leadership together I think he's playing like Kittle this year because Kittle's a great two-way player he's a great blocker I feel I feel like he's playing at that level could I see 13 personnel with Kittle Travis Kelsey and David (laughs) Njoku I mean no you conceivably from I'm not trying to over do this because I lust after tight ends. I mean, that was my sweet spot. <laughs> sure, you did. I mean, they, there's probably, you just probably named three of the top six, seven weapons yeah. in the um, from a pass. Through. And that so, catch he made back in the end zone last week. I mean, top tier. We know that's part of his tool bag, yeah. but oftentimes that gets yeah. overlooked when his production hasn't been there. But then he makes yeah. a catch like that, and you're like, yeah. that's why he makes the money he makes. That's it. Well, it makes the money, but then yeah. just the why the team is, I believe, where we're at at this level. You get a guy like that making plays, a guy like that galvanizing and keeping the team together in the locker room as a family and stuff. And then flat out with line issues and tackle issues, he's the tight end right there, in line tight end, right. chipping, banging, knocking yep. sure, making sure stuff doesn't happen. You know, that's really impressive. If, if I would have told you September 1st that at this point in the season, the Browns are going to be on quarterback number four, they're going to play a substantial portion of the season without their tackles, their best player on offense in Nick Chubb would play five quarters of football, what is their record? Um... I thought you were going to say, do you think we would have been in the playoffs? And I was going to say that you must have stolen my remaining pills of Oxycontin that I don't take anymore. Because what world no, I mean, are you, you wouldn't on? Even, you wouldn't even go that far. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I'm thinking four and ten, five and nine. With yeah. that kind of roster attrition. Yeah. Roster attrition. If anybody, and again, I'm as optimistic as anyone, to, to have been sitting here after the Nick Chubb issues. Okay, and him getting hurt, and then the QBs getting hurt like this. To be where we are now is, is it's Disney World. I mean, this is something that we should really enjoy. This is yes. special. Hey, and, and even where the woe is me mentality, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But, oh, Cleveland, and we, we get bad breaks and stuff. This is the one year, okay, I'm, a, I'm scarred for life from the Hale Flutie. Okay. Sure. All okay. right. That should have been a catch. That kid for uh, Chicago for the whole rest of his life. Every day he will oh see that yes. ball oh right my there in his lap. And I can. Yeah. I've been on the wrong side of a ball going the wrong way. So yeah, you have that. So I, I, I feel for him with that. But typically, you know, you take the Colts game and we got a couple of breaks with uh, mm-hmm. calls at the end. Sure. 
You the take, Niners missed a field goal. The Niners goal. missed. The them, Bears, so. this Hail Mary. Yeah, so the, I love being 9-5. and five. Okay, but it could be flipped if it was the woe is me. This is somewhat magical yeah. going Bull, on. This and, is positive. And Bull said that the Cleveland mentality is, uh, well, that stuff always happens against us. What's interesting is it's hard to bulk erase 50 years of memories. They're burned in there. Oh, they're but, burned in but, there. But, yeah, I mean, you and I both know that. But what's interesting is y- – the more things start to go your way, you start expecting, oh, those breaks are going to continue. Yeah. And when you figure out, like, not only where this team is sitting today, they've beaten the one seed in the NFC and the one seed in the AFC. Why not all the way? Right. Why not let's just take this thing to Disney and make it the magical year? Hey, we sat here. I sat here. We sat here last week, two weeks ago. Um, not wanting to be the homers, not trying to uh, hype up uh, the offseason, the postseason. Nobody wants to play the Cleveland Browns in January. That's right. no. That front, uh, the front on defense, okay, and I believe we will be running the ball by January. And now with Joe Flacco and the way the offense is going. Who knows? Um, the, and the way the AFC and injuries has taken everybody back to the pack. Um, yep. That there's, we could win as good as anybody. Do we have the picture of Jim Brown? Uh, from, oh, yeah. from last week's game. I don't know if you saw this. I, I had to watch it like 10 times before I saw it. It was right there, plain as day, but I missed it. I kept saying, how in the world did that receiver not make the catch? It was in his grasp. Darnell Mooney. And I looked at it from all the angles, and then finally we came across one angle, and it showed something that I had missed, and I think Ant found the picture. I don't know how we missed it, but here's how we missed the ball, Bernie. It's plain as the nose on my face. How'd we miss that? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Jim Brown with his cane saying, no, not, not, not this year. Catch Wow. What do you think about that? I can't believe Gerard Phelan caught the Hale Flutie pass and he dropped that one. <laughs> I got to grow up. I'm, I'm Are four, you going with us to I'm, Vegas, I'm by the way? I'm 14 again. <laughs> Are you going with us to Vegas if uh, the Browns go to the Super Bowl? I'm going to Vegas. Anyway, yeah, he's going. Bernie will be there no matter yeah, what. Yeah, what I'm going, about? I'll be there. Like he needs us. Uh, to go. We got some super <laughs> chats to close out the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And anytime we do super chats, guys, it's brought to us by PCC Airfoils. Are you looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, you guys can get a full benefit package, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can go apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So we got a couple super chats here. The first one comes from Professor Chaos. He says, I don't know if he will win, but JOK should be the comeback player of the year, which I think we'd all agree. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, typically I mean, that I'd goes to, to a player. Yeah, I don't either. But typically it goes to someone uh, injured. that's injured the year yeah, before. Yeah, Demar Hamlin. And you know, Demar Hamlin does a lot of games. Was a healthy scratch. He hasn't even played. But, yeah. So you know. I, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. 
Real quick, I'm Browns players who did not practice today. Juan Thornhill, Anthony Walker, Agbo Okoronkwo, Joel Batonio, Zadarius Smith. Jeez. Zadarius Smith is probably rest, though, so it might not be in Okay. Really. All right, Anthony next Walker one comes from Halim Youssef. Yeah. The, refs can, the refs can give us 100 calls and owe us 100 more. To say that we are due is an understatement. We can literally do a documentary on it. <laughs> right yeah. here. Fair. Preston Herring says, just want to say thank you guys for providing some of the best Browns content out there and making my work day shorter. Look forward to you guys every day. Yeah. Much love. Go Browns. Thank, thank you, you, Preston. Preston. Absolutely, You guys Preston. are a big part of it. Nice, nice uh, comment, and we're glad that we can help. That's right. Yeah, next is our Mac Dog. Happy holidays to you, CSS. I'm rolling with G. Bush and Earl the Pearl. All I want for Christmas is Coach of the Year and defense, Defensive Player of the Year, win the last three games, beat the Ratbirds in the AFC Conference game, and have a healthy 2024. Sure. <laughs> that's it. That's all? That's yeah, all you're not asking for much. Yeah, See, my, my list is very short. I don't care about the individual act. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Super, Bowl. Super Bowl. Two yeah. words. That's it. All right, but, next one also comes from Professor Chaos. If you guys could get Chubb back right now, but you had to pick two starting players to put on IR, who would you pick? I, I don't that's know. a great – I mean, I would – I was literally just thinking how amazing it would be just to have Chubb oh on this team. Oh, my God. I, can I, you oh imagine? God. I'm, I'm still in that for this afternoon. Watch the barbershop. I'm still in that I'd put, I'd take. That's a good one. You know what? I'll take Juan Thornhill out because uh, Ronnie Hickman's playing great. Yeah. The, 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 the Anthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman are doing a good job of safety. It. And then I'll boot out. Who else am I booting out? Uh, only Taki Taki, does he count as a starter? Hey, Taki Taki starts, yeah. and he plays good minutes. All right, guys, next, next one. Job. My goodness. Uh, maybe we can get Harrison Bryant. He's not next a starter, one comes though. from Gleazy Baby 43 Of course. Mm -hmm. Regarding the running back shares, I'd give Strong the lead versus Houston. Experiment with Hunt and save Ford. Week 17, lead with Ford and Strong, save Hunt. Gives Pierre strong workload reps, saves two tops for the playoff run. Yeah, Bernie, we had talked earlier, if you were in the offensive planning room this week, how would you distribute 25 rushes for these, for these three running backs? How would you cut them up? So right now, I, uh, so much that we've been talking about the relationship between Coach Stefanski and Joe Flacco, I, right now I'm so high on what we're doing and the belief of these two working um, in conjunction together that I'm really thinking about what my schemes are for the playoff games, for the main games, when games are on the line. I'm doing personnel groups. Right. Okay, I want to work the backs in. I want to see who could handle it and stuff. But I'm flat out putting stuff on film that I want teams to see mm. me doing. Interesting. And I may not put certain things on film that yeah. I don't You're want safe. teams to see. That's called playing chess. This is chess Instead right of checkers. Now. This That's is great. I like that Bernie. answer. Big boys. I like, I like that answer. Right, Bernie, over. thanks as always. Yeah. Uh, happy holidays. for overtime. Yeah. And we'll see Peace. you next week. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.